everyone. Hello. Good morning. Uh, my name is Brennan. I'm the worship pastor here. And um, also, uh, hey, everyone online. Just wanted to say that. Uh, I hope everyone here feels welcome. If you're new, extra special welcome to you. And uh, for the people online, if you're new and want to ask questions, you can ask those in the chat. And there's hosts, um, Ashley, Mike, and Carol, who'd be happy to talk with you and uh, answer any questions. All right, so if you didn't know, it's Thanksgiving, or at least Thanksgiving weekend. No, it's technically tomorrow, so happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, and this is, we're taking a break from the Soul Care series and just kind of having a standalone Thanksgiving message. So let's get into it, okay? Thanksgiving, to me, when, when we say that, um, it just, it feels like something, you know, that we do, which is good, but maybe just once a year, you know, after the Thanksgiving meal and your mom tells you to say something that you're thankful for, and then someone takes your answer, and then you're like, oh, uh, I, I was going to say Jesus. What else do I say? What else do I say? Ugh, <laughs> oh, you know, happens every time. You got you to gotta jump in there first, because then you look like you're the most grateful, and then no one takes your answer. That's the key. But Thanksgiving feels like something we do, which is good. Um, but I like the word gratitude a, a lot more. To me, that just conveys more of like a, a heart posture, a, a lifestyle, you know, uh, something that we practice, something that's continual and uh, that, we, that we grow in. So I'm going to be using the word gratitude throughout this sermon. And with that, I'm formally requesting that from this day on, we change the holiday Thanksgiving to be called Check Your Attitude, Show a Little Gratitude Day. Okay. I think it's very catchy, a little bit more clear of what's going on, what we should do. There'll be petitions at the back for you to sign, and I'll be sending them directly to Justin Trudeau. I'll be actually flying out to Ottawa, hand-delivered, just to make sure they get there. And then after that, we'll take Canada, and then we're going global, people. Okay? <laughs> I was in a weird mood when I was writing that intro, but I stuck to it. You know? It was funny to me at late at night, and it's still kind of funny. Okay, but my main point isn't that you should check your attitude and show a little gratitude. It is the title of the message, which is that gratitude is an antidote to, uh, to anxiety. So let's start with the main verse for today, which comes from Philippians 4, 4 to 7. This is written by Paul and is written to the church in Philippi at the time. So he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, that's just a great verse. Um, I was listening to uh, John Mark Comer, who is a, a pastor in Portland, and uh, we used his book as our main resource in our Unhurry series. If you've not read it still, here's another plug for The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I it's one of my favorite books, so go read that. But um, yeah, I just, I like John Mark Comer as an author, and when you listen to his sermons, his voice is very calming. He has a calming presence to him. So I like to listen to what he says about stuff. Um, I was listening to a sermon and then a podcast about gratitude from him, uh, from his church, and he was reflecting on Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7, like we are today, and then also another passage, uh, Colossians 3, which is also written by Paul and uh, touches on these same themes. He was, you know, um, John Mark Comer was just thinking about, okay, how are these, how in these passages, the themes anxiety, peace, and gratitude are all related and mixed in together. He then said this, 
that gratitude is an antidote for anxiety, which is where I got my message title. Fortunately, I'm not that smart, maybe one day, but I just really liked it, so that's what we're going to talk about. Gratitude is an antidote for anxiety. Comer then explains that, that anxiety, much of the time, is a kind of grasping for control of what we do not have in the future, but gratitude is giving thanks for what we do have in the present. You know, we don't have control of what life brings. We don't have control of what happens tomorrow. We need to come back to the here and the now through gratitude. Anxiety often comes from us wanting things to be different, either in our, in our general world or just in our lives. Or it comes from being scared of what the future holds, even if our lives are good at the moment. It is a grasping for control, for something we won't have. We won't have control. We never will. It's not for us to have. But Gratitude can then ground us in the reality. In the reality of life, not hoping for what could be, not being scared of what might happen, but being focused on the every day, the every moment, here and now. now just a disclaimer, um, this isn't a sermon really about like, mental health issues and disorders. If you have mental health issues, I'm not saying it can all be solved by gratitude. I think we should all practice gratitude anyway, but if you need professional help, absolutely you should be going and, uh, and getting that. And as a church, I think we have a couple of Christian counselors that we recommend, or we could help if, that, if you need that. If you struggle with mental health, also, I hope you never feel embarrassed or shame for, for needing help. You know, we're all broken people. And uh, honestly, counseling and therapy could probably be beneficial for everyone. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that the mental health discussion is a lot more nuanced than this. Um, but to some degree, we all still experience anxiety, whether extreme or minor, okay? And gratitude can be an antidote to that. And as well, growing in gratitude is a way that we grow to be more like Jesus, and that is our goal and our mission here in the church and as Christians. So, gratitude is an antidote to anxiety. Surprisingly, that is not just a Christian perspective. There's actually a lot of talk in psychological, psych, psychology studies and the scientific world of the benefits of gratitude which I did not think was going to be the case when I started researching this message. Uh, the scientific findings of the effect of gratitude are actually, like, wild. It just, it just sounds like someone is trying to sell me some, like, miracle drug pyramid scheme. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I trust this. But this is what is being said about the effects of gratitude. And I found these in articles from psychology papers, university websites, medical journals. So here's what they say they have found. Um, here's some of the benefits of people who practice gratitude consistently. It's physical effects. Stronger immune system, lower blood pressure, sleeping longer and feeling more refreshed. Psychological effects, uh, higher levels of positive emotions, and because of that, lower levels of negative emotions like envy, narcissism, materialism, sadness. Generally, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness, as well as the ability to deal with uh, trauma better. Social effects, being more helpful, generous, compassionate, more forgiving, more outgoing, and less feelings of loneliness and isolation. Gratitude also builds and strengthens relationships as people feel loved and valued when, you know, when they know that you are grateful for them or for something they've done. Okay, now I'm not saying that all that stuff will definitely happen to you if you start practicing gratitude, but this is what the scientific community has observed. And what they've found also are not just outward effects, but actually that gratitude changes our brain. Gratitude releases dopamine and serotonin. Um, so this is from the University of Pennsylvania. They say, whether expressing gratitude for what 
uh, for what's good in life or showing gratitude to someone who helped us at work. Neural circuitry in our brain releases dopamine. Dopamine makes us feel good. And because it feels good, we want more. It triggers positive emotions. We feel optimistic, fosters camaraderie. It also drives pro-social behavior. When we write down on or reflect the positives in life, our brain releases serotonin. Serotonin enhances our mood, think antidepressant, our willpower, and our motivation. And because of our brain's neuroplasticity, which just means our brain can change and learn new things, gratitude also like, changes our brain, which means the more we do it, our brain makes new pathways, new connections, and it rewires our brain to continually do this, to make it a habit. Gratitude also helps you like, remember positive memories. Gratitude has this positive cycle in our brains and in our lives. Now, all that, isn't that, like, all that, isn't that nuts? That's why I was like, this is a, this is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> but I've said it before, and I, I'll say it again, I really shouldn't be surprised at this point. When we look into how God wants us to live, what the Bible teaches, or the way of Jesus, it always, always is actually what is best for us. You know, in the moment, we might not want to be grateful, but in the long term, in the wider scope, it is always what's best for us. Because God created us, and he's trying to show us how to live, the best way to live. So that we're not fighting against, you know, who we really are and what we are made to do. So, there's the science stuff. Uh, let's go back to, to the Bible and hopefully figure out the things that we can be grateful for and grow in this. So, um, you know, what, what these studies say about gratitude is good, but we have a bigger scope here of wanting to be Je like Jesus. And it is through our relationship with Jesus that we can learn to have such a deeper sense of gratitude. And we can learn to be grateful in every moment of life. So back to John Mark Comer, because I just, I like how he says things. Uh, in, a, in a sermon, he's talking about 1 Thessalonians, which was also a letter written by Paul. And uh, he, was, he was talking about the emphasis that Paul was putting on all the things that he was thankful for. Um, you know, all the things he was grateful for about the church. For like the first three chapters, the theme is thankfulness. And then John Mark Comer said this, this really profound thing. Although easier said than done, uh, it just, it really shifted my perspective a lot, okay? Um, Reflecting on 1 Thessalonians, he says this, Paul was able to turn all that was right in the world into gratitude and all that was wrong with the world into prayer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that again, but Comer explains that gratefulness is really, you know, it's all about what is good in the world. It's all the good things. It's the beautiful things. It's the things that make us happy. It's the blessings. And prayer, when we are asking God, when we are asking God things, prayer is... Prayer is also listening and being with God, but when we are asking, when we're asking God to intervene, it is, it is all really about what is wrong with the world. You know, the injustice, the evil, the things that make us afraid, the, the hurt and the pain. So Paul, being the great example of what it means to follow Jesus, did this. Paul turned all that was right in, in the world into gratitude and all that was wrong in the world into prayer. Those, those two things, pretty much everything in our lives can be put into those two categories. We can choose to put them into those two. There's this deep sense of gratitude in Paul's writings and the things that he could not control, things that he wanted to be different, he would give in prayer. And I know that we probably, if, you, you know, if you're a Christian, been around church, grew up in church, you know that we should pray about things, right? That's a normal thing. But for many of us, I, I, I don't think it's our first response or maybe not even a response at all in some cases. Instead, we let, it, we let the things 
about life that is wrong. We let it consume us. Or maybe we fall into the temptation of just complaining and being negative, and you know, we just kind of like to complain. Or we let it cause us fear or anxiety. And, and of course, just because you pray, this isn't just some easy thing, just because you pray once about something doesn't immediately mean you feel no stress, no anxiety, but it is something that we learn. And as we learn to trust God, we learn to give things over, and we realize that we are not in control. And along with that, we focus on the things that we're grateful for instead of filling our minds with the bad things, with the things that scare us and cause us anxiety and stress and the things that we just let take over our minds and we think about over and over and over again. And we get more and more stressed out. Gratitude has a positive cycle and and fear and anxiety have a negative cycle. Remember, you know, and and although, you know, a lot of time it feels out of control, out of our control, but a lot of stress and our fear is a choice that we can make. Remember Paul's words in Philippians. He says, do not be anxious about anything. And Jesus gives the same command in Matthew 6 when he says, do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, petition can just mean like really begging or asking over and over. You know, it's not like a one time, oh, I prayed for it. Everything should be okay. We keep going to God with things. With, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It is a choice that we make to either grow in turning what is good with the world into gratitude and then what is wrong with the world into prayer. That's something we can grow in. And then, it's then that God will give you the peace beyond understanding that that verse promises. And that will only grow as we learn to do this more. Now, I know that for some people and for some of us, gratitude might be a lot harder than for others. Some of you are going through extremely tough times or have gone through extremely tough times, and I don't want to discount that at all. What you are going through, what you have gone through, that can make gratitude extremely hard. And it can make it difficult to be grateful when there's so much wrong. Okay, but but what I hope we can realize is that as a follower of Jesus, we can learn to face whatever the world has to offer and still be grateful because our hope isn't in this world and what it's like, but it's in Jesus and the future hope of new creation. This isn't, you know, we have life beyond this and we have Jesus right now. Jesus needs to be our greatest source of gratitude if we want to be able to face the challenges in life because how good he is can overshadow how bad things are. Because Jesus never fails and he never changes, he is always there, and so we can always be grateful for him. As we face trials, because Jesus does say, although he tells us there there will be suffering in life, but he also promises to be with us, to walk through us in life as we face the trials, as we face the hard times. There is hope in every situation, and that is a promise from God. I want to share this next story, not to shame you, of course, or, fe- or compare your suffering to someone else's. You know, even if someone is suffering more than you, you still feel pain, and that's completely valid, right? But I hope that this story encourages us that no matter how dark the situation, there is hope and peace found in Jesus and always something to be grateful for. So this quote um, that I'm about to read is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, 
In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give, and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. So if you know the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, he lived in Germany during the rise and reign of Adolf Hitler. Um, Bonhoeffer led an underground Bible school to teach pastors to oppose the way of Hitler and the ideologies of Nazism. As, as much of the church in Germany um, was either spiritually lost and following Hitler or out of fear giving their allegiance to him. But Bonhoeffer's Bible school committed to being devoted to Jesus alone and no worldly power or person. Bonhoeffer also risked his life um, helping Jews escape Nazi oppression. And when he was found out, he was put in prison for what would be the last two years of his life. And then I'm going to read a, a story about that. So on April 9th, 1945... Bonhoeffer was 39 at this point. One month before Germany surrendered, he was hanged with six other resistors. A decade later, a camp doctor who witnessed Bonhoeffer's hanging described the scene. The prisoners were taken from their cells, and the verdicts of court-martial read out to them. Through the half-open door in one room of the huts, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer, before taking off his prison garb, kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to his God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a prayer and then climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued in a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I've worked as a doctor, I've hardly ever seen a man die, die so entirely submissive to the will of God. And that quote that's on the screen that I read from Bonhoeffer, that quote was written in his last two years while he was in prison by the Nazis and probably knew that death was likely coming. He says, in ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give. And that is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. And then a, a British officer who's one of the camp survivors said, Bonhoeffer was different. His soul really shone in the dark desperation of prison he always seemed to spread an atmosphere of happiness and joy over the least incident and profound gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He was one of the very few persons that I have ever met for whom God was real and always near. What an amazing man of God. You know, you read these stories, you read uh, Christian leaders who have just tapped into the life of Christ, the way of Jesus, and their sense of gratitude and their sense of peace is just overwhelming. And I want to live like that. I hope you do too. I, I want to be full of gratitude no matter what life throws at me. And I want to be full of gratitude, you know, in the darkest of situations. And also, that's just an incredible witness for Jesus. Because who, can, who else can live like that? Live like Bonhoeffer did. Live like the apostles in the Bible who else can live like that but only someone with the hope and the spirit of Jesus filling their heart? Okay, and that doesn't just happen, right? That is, that is an outcome of practicing the way of Jesus. There is, of course, many, many aspects uh, that we can learn and that we can practice to follow the way of Jesus. But today, let's practice gratitude. So let's reflect on what we can be grateful for. And as we go over some things, just think in your own heart and mind for what you are grateful for. You know, um, thank God for each individual thing that I read out and maybe anything else that comes to your mind. 
Um, so yeah, let's just kind of be talking to God as we do this. So here are the most important things we can be grateful for. Uh, like I mentioned before, most importantly, we're grateful for our relationship with God. A God who, who loves us, who created us, and then sent his son, and our God died for us. We are grateful for Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. When all else fails, we have that hope in Jesus. And that doesn't go away. Our lives on earth may have suffering. Our bodies will eventually pass away. But our souls are safe in the hands of God. We have a relationship now that we can be grateful for, that brings us life. We have hope in a new creation that is yet to come. More than anyone, more than anyone, Christians have a reason to be grateful and to be full of joy. And I hope that as, as we grow closer, you know, as a church, or in your own walks with God, as we grow closer to Jesus, I pray that our gratitude only grows as well. Secondly, let's be grateful for, obviously, for the people around us. Our family, our friends, you know, husbands, wives, kids, parents, and, and the church family here is a blessing that we should be grateful for. And in a broken world with people you love, I know for many of you, you've lost some of the people closest to you. And that pain won't go away, but we can still always be grateful for what they meant and what they still mean to us. And I just hope that we never take for granted the people that care about us, the people that love us and that have shown the love of Jesus to us, and the people that are there for us, Let's always be grateful for those people. They're a gift from God and something to be grateful for. So Jesus, people we love and that love us. And third, quick, you know, not as deep as the last two, but I don't think we appreciate enough just how well we have it in Canada in a first world country. No country's perfect. No country will ever be. But clean air, clean water, democracy, labor laws, human rights, like a roof over our head, we somehow are able to keep warm in minus 40 degrees, which is great. Um, I know the economy has been rough, but for many of us, we still have jobs, way to provide for our families. We have lots of food. We have things to enjoy, things to find pleasure in. All these things we should be regularly be grateful for. Just shouldn't take um, them for granted. It is a huge blessing to be where we are. Okay, and the fourth category is, is just the little stuff. Not as important as God or the people in our lives, but I think there is actually like just a lot of beauty in the little blessings and the simple pleasures in life. The simple pleasures that this world has to offer and that God has given us. Um, there's, I just think, a deep value in learning to appreciate every little thing. For a lot of us, I think we can appreciate nature. And, you know, if we drive a few hours, the mountains are breathtaking. If you go on a vacation some, somewhere nice, a beach is relaxing and beautiful in a different way. But even, even what is just around us, what we have every day, the sunrises and sunsets, the colors that God has put in our world are a thing of beauty and a blessing that we get to enjoy. The different times of, of day are even like, the, you know, the dark, like at dusk and dawn when the, when the sky is like a dark blue? I don't know why. I think that's really cool. <laughs> um, we have stars and the moon. We have the changing of the seasons and the leaves. We have snow on Christmas, which, 
you know, is kind of a sacrifice. Like, we'll take the 40 to minus 40, but we get snow on Christmas, which I think makes Christmas way better. Or just the simple things of, like, watching a bird fly by high above. Not like a goose, but like a nicer-looking bird. I'm like, I just run away when I see a goose. Um, but God has created everything, and it is beautiful. And, you know, if you look up and you take a breath and watch a bird, you can be reminded even of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? We can be grateful for time with friends, which is something that brings me so much joy. Or if you're an introvert, just be grateful for the time alone, things that give you pleasure and joy. Um, for a good book, or for me, I deeply love a good movie. I'm a huge movie nerd. I love it. Or, a good, or good music, and I can't wait for my concert as it's been my next concert as it's been for so long. I, I love a good cup of coffee, and I can find enjoyment in just a simple pleasure like that, or like a good flat white at a good coffee shop, or whatever your drink of choice is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's all kinds of amazing things, little things, amazing art and beauty, man-made or God-made, that is all around us. God made humans to be creative as he is creative. So the beauty that people create still reflect God's creativity, God's beauty. There's beauty all around us and the little things that we can enjoy and be grateful for. Even if, even if life is hard and taxing, those little things aren't going to compare. But everything together that life has, can still, we can still be grateful for and they can still be a blessing to us. And then like Paul, we can learn to turn every wrong thing in the world into prayer and every right thing in the world into gratitude. Now, like I said before, gratitude is a practice. Like, like the way of Jesus, it is a practice, something we learn, something we work on, something we commit to and daily try to do. So we need to find practical ways to be reminded to be thankful, to be filled with gratitude. So whatever that may be, right now, take out your phone or something, write a note of what you're going to do. So you can put up sticky notes. You can set daily uh, phone reminders. Write a reminder in a little paper in your Bible. Or um, put something on your phone background to just remind you to be grateful. Practice gratitude and thanksgiving regularly, not just once a year when your mom forces you to say something. <laughs> Practice thanksgiving with the people around you, your friends and family. Bring it up as a topic sometimes instead of just the things that suck about life. You know. It's easier to complain, but it is better to rejoice. And, and it's okay and good to sometimes talk about, you know, the problems, the things that are weighing on us. Absolutely. Uh, you don't have to shy away from that. But I think that can easily become something we do too much. And then it overshadows the rest of life. It overshadows the gratitude. Okay? We need to let things go in prayer and then focus on the good sometimes. And a little side note. Um, you know, if you're working on gratitude, awesome. And then, but like, if you're talking to someone sad, don't just be like, well, just be grateful and look on the bright side. You know, that doesn't usually help. Just, the Bible says, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, if you can help someone be more grateful, awesome. But you need to allow people to 
of course, work through their negative emotions and things like that, and just be with them and just listen. So, um, yeah, you just need wisdom for things like that. Don't force your ideas of how someone else should feel onto them. Um, but if you talk about it and someone wants to practice gratitude with you, awesome, awesome. But, of course, people need to want to do that. Anyway, last suggestion is uh, journaling. Gratitude journaling was also, was also like cited uh, a lot in the studies done on gratitude that I was reading, and, and I think it is a good way to reflect and take time to remember what you are grateful for. Now, for some of you, you probably like journaling, and, and it's, that'll be easy for you. I hate journaling, guys. Ugh. Okay, like, it's just annoying, and I just kind of feel dumb, like I'm forcing myself to write down my emotions or like making up, oh, I guess I feel like this. I don't know. Um, and I also have terrible handwriting, so like pen and paper, pff, just the worst. <laughs> but, but I do think that this would be valuable. Okay, when, when you write something down, your whole attention is on that one thing. We can, you know, be grateful for things, just thinking about it, but also then we're probably doing something else and we're probably distracted a little bit. But when you write it, you stop, you slow down, and you think and reflect on the blessings and the beauty of life and God. And I think this is a very valuable thing, especially to do this, you know, without distraction. Like when you're reading your Bible or um, praying, hopefully, you know, put away your phone and just do this one thing. Slow down and just write out all the things you're thankful for. Now, I hate journaling, but I'm going to try this for three weeks, okay? And if I try it, I, I believe that you can also. I'll do, it, I'll do it daily. That's what I'm committing to for three weeks. Maybe I will hate it and I'll stop, but hopefully it's good and something I continue. And, but I, I just hope that you do that too. And then three weeks from now, Halloween, catch me and talk about what you've been doing. Talk about if you've been journaling or something else or the things that you've been doing to grow in gratitude. I'd love to talk about that. And uh, I will hopefully have something positive to say about gratitude journaling. We'll see. Come ask. Um, but remember that this is a practice. So it takes time and it takes effort. But be patient. And I hope and pray that our gratitude will combat and be an antidote to the anxiety that many of us feel. And I pray that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read one more thing that I thought I'd be long past 11, but I just have a little bit more time for. I'm just finding it in my notes. So um, I'm just going to read a prayer of thanksgiving over us that was written by A.W. Tozer, who was um, a very influential uh, pastor and writer in like early 1900s. Uh, Great writer, great man of God. He he wrote a lot about um, he wrote a lot about knowing God and drawing closer to Him and knowing more about His attributes, like His holiness and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just a very respected uh, Christian leader. And uh, this prayer is just is beautiful. And again, talks more about the beauty of the world, which is one thing that we can be grateful for, of course. And uh, so as we read, um, I'm just going to read it over you. And I encourage right now that you just close your eyes and, and just pray and picture the creation of God. Or not the creation of God, God's creation. Picture the beautiful things 
And uh, as we pray, let's just pray these words and be thankful for what God has done. So um, he says, Hebrews 13, 15 says, "Therefore Therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips and giving thanks to his name. There's an old song that tells us to count our blessings, but it's not possible. There are too many. Today, let's offer a prayer and thanksgiving for some of them. Use your imagination here and just think of the beauty that God has created. Heavenly Father, at this moment, I'm not coming with requests, only with the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Thank you for the sky, its blueness, its clouds, its sunrises and sunsets, its space for the birds to fly. Thank you for the ground, its green grass, brown sand, towering mountains, fruitful plains. Thank you for the seas, the vastness of the watery depths, the fish, the coral, the tides, the marvel of water itself. Thank you for the beauty, the petals of flowers, the grins of children, the existence of color, the blackness of the night sky, and the twinkling sparkle of the stars. And Lord, thank you for providing everything for me to richly enjoy. The Bible says the cheerful heart has a continual feast, so thank you for all the flavors of life. Whatever today brings and tomorrow, Lord, thank you for you. And then he ends by saying, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God, and it is one that the poorest of us can make and be not poor, but richer for having made it. Thank you, church. Happy Thanksgiving.